Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the second season of the And I Am podcast. I am your host. I am your coach, Ann Billingsley. Today, 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 we have a special, special guest with us on the And I Am podcast. What makes her special? For one, she is special to God. She is special to me. And she is special to the And I Am podcast because this is the first guest of the NIM podcast. So let me introduce you all to a very special person, a friend that is near and dear to my heart and none other than Jessica Robbins. Hello, I'm so excited to be a guest, but I'm so excited that I am the first guest. I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm excited and I can't wait to have this conversation. Hey man, well welcome. We want to welcome you to the NIM podcast second season. You ready, Jessica? I'm ready. All let's right. All right, let's jump in. So we're going to ask a few questions to tell us a little about yourself. Who is Jess Robbins? So Jess Robbins is a, she's a lover. She is a servant. She is a lover of God, first of all. She is a servant. She's a minister. She's a friend. She is a sister. She is a TT mom, as I call it. A TT mom <laughs> to my nephew. And I am, I am, I am Jessica. I am Jessica. And that's something that took me a long time to realize and to be confident in. And I am just excited that I am Jessica. Man, okay, okay. So that sounds really good. So um, we see that you have a book here called Mistaken Identity. Can you tell me more about this book? So Mistaken Identity, if you're being somebody else, who's being you, talks about me learning that I had an identity crisis, not necessarily talking um, about that I struggled with sexuality or that I struggled with being a male or female, because a lot of times when you hear identity crisis, the first thing you think about is, oh, well, you know, this person is struggling with their sexuality or with their gender. But my identity crisis was with my heart. I did not know who I was. And so because I didn't know who I was, I struggled with rejection. I struggled with low self-esteem. And there's a um, there is a portion of my book that talks about that because I didn't know who I was, that I was literally running from myself trying to be somebody else. And it wasn't until I built a relationship with God did I realize that Jessica Robbins is one dope chick. And I love being myself and just being in this space that I am in now. I would have never thought that I would have been here, but I'm excited. Amen. I like that. I like that. So I truly enjoy Mistaken Identity. I actually just bought a second copy for my daughter. Um, and like you said, it doesn't mean that you're um, struggling with the sexuality of your identity, but just struggling period with who you are in God. This when sometimes people are disconnected from the creator and it's really hard to learn about the creation when you are that way. So I thank God for you and I thank God for the book and I do pray that this book hits the globe because so many people are struggling with their identity and they're settling with uh, just reality being a struggle, with reality just being um, all about sorrow. But there is so much more to life. And if you are in a place where you don't know who you are and whose you are, yes. you can struggle with your 
birthright with your God-given identity. So I thank you so much for sharing that. We're going to go ahead and go into um, you birthing out this book. When did this book come out? This book came out in 2018, and it took me a very long time to write this book, but I thank God <laughs> for friends in position. My friend Ann Billingsley, who definitely coached me and talked to me about this book and kept telling me, sis, you got to get this book out. You got to get it out. So I thank God for you for helping me with this. But it came out in 2018. Amen. So 2018, was it a struggle to birth this out, um, even being single? Because I know a lot of times we set up our life and we say to ourselves, um, I'm going to get a house when I get married. I'll get a car when I get married. I'm going to write a book when I get married. Everything is um, ventured around being married. But you birthed this book out in your singlehood. And I just want to know, was that a struggle? Did you have something put in place to say, well, I'll just wait till I'm married or did you know that this was the time to birth out this book so I did know that it was the time to birth out the book I even though I desired to be married writing the book and being married to me had nothing to do with one or the other um, I continue God continuously talked to me about writing a book and I First of all, I did not want to write this book. I'm just going to be honest with you. Not because I was afraid of people knowing the struggles that I went through, but because I just didn't see myself writing necessarily this book about myself. I actually wanted to be a children's author. And so I started writing a children's book and then God was, and then God told me, you need to put that on the back burner because that's not necessarily what I want you to do at this time. You need to write this book. So I started writing the book and it took me a long time to write the book. A lot of it was procrastination, but a lot of it was self-discovery. Um, and I, some things I didn't want to kind of go down, you know, that road, but it was when I started writing the book that I realized this is something that people go through. A lot of times it's not talked about, um, especially to me when we talk about different things that people go through in church and outside of church. A lot of times we have this bubble of stuff that people talk about, but a lot of times people don't talk about um, the heart and things that go on with the heart and low self-esteem and rejection and you know just different things like that that's to me that's something that's near and dear to me because we don't talk about it a lot or personally I don't hear it a lot but this was it wasn't a struggle to write the book but going down the road of writing the book it was definitely self-discovery for me I learned more about myself I learned why I went through the different tests and through the different trials it was a chapter in my book where I realized totally after the chapter why God had me go down that plan because I'm a planner. I plan things in my day. It's easy for me to plan it. And so when I began to get a relationship with God, that's how I thought it was going to be. Like he was going to give me A through Z and I was going to walk those steps. But it wasn't until after I wrote the book that I realized that God was like, no, honey, that's not how like this works. Like you don't tell me what to do. Like I tell you what to do. And so when he didn't give me A, B, and C, when I literally had to walk by faith and not by sight, I realized, okay, Jessica, you need to put your plan on the back burner and you need to focus on what God wants you to do. So, but even in 2018, I did have some struggles with the book, not, not with the book, but after I wrote the book, um, I had some, some family issues. My mother, um, had a tumor in her brain. And so she actually ended up passing away from complications mm. of the surgery. And so throughout that year from April through August, 
2018, um, I was getting the book together, getting it edited, and it was it it was just a very 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 hard process. And sometimes being single, you lean on friends and you lean on family, and so but sometimes you want that companion to you know just talk to you a little bit more. So that part became a little not tricky, but I had to keep reminding myself like you are God's child, keep leaning um, on Him. So I am so sorry to hear about your mom again. And um, I did want to ask you this question. How difficult was that for you in your emotions, losing someone so close and near and dear to your heart? Um, I want to shift it just a little bit and talk about singlehood. Um, you know, because I know that uh, we talked about birthing things out in your singlehood and planning things in your marriage. Um, well, how was that for you emotionally losing someone so close to you and still have to uh, do life, like still have to go back to work, still yeah. have to help with your family and make plans and also um, birthing out a book and um, has it took? Has it been a, a hard, a, like a heavy effect on you with even um, marketing your book? Like, how was you emotionally as a single woman? It was that a struggle for you? It was definitely a struggle. Me and my mom were extremely close. I loved her. Like, she loved me and I loved her. She called me her princess and I loved her. Um, and so it was extremely hard for me. It was devastating. It was a blow for me. Emotionally, it, it was... Um, it was to me turbulent almost like a roller coaster like some days I'm up some days I'm down um, and it wasn't even necessarily days like some moments I'm up some moments I'm down sometimes I'm even um, so it was definitely a hard path for me to take especially because I loved my mom and we were close and then also because I am single I do have um, friends and um, you know sisters and a father and and a brother and so we were extremely close in talking about that but you know sometimes when you're single you do want a companion that you can talk to you know that you can be extremely open with not saying that you're not open with your friends or your family but you know it does it uh, it does affect you because it makes you think more about being in love and you know being married so it did um, affect me and then as far as birthing out the book it absolutely affected me I was supposed to have my book signing in August and I want to say maybe four or five days before my book release my mom passed away so that was an extreme blow like that came from out of nowhere literally out of nowhere so then I wasn't able to well I could have had my book signing but I just for me, I wasn't in the space to have the book signing. I literally went through depression. Um, I went through anxiety. I literally felt felt like I was losing my mind. Um, I had peace, but it, it, it was just to me all over the place. So I really, really, really had to lean on God. And I just remember asking God multiple, multiple times, um, God, don't leave me where I am. You know, you hear people say, you know, I cried out to God and I had, you know, these long prayers with God. At that moment, I couldn't have long prayers with God. Like just going through that, I spoke with him and he spoke back to me. But I just remember moments like being in my car, being in the shower, like crying, like, God, please just don't leave me where I am. Because I knew I was such in a fragile state that literally I needed him to help me. Like I needed him to shield me. I needed him to be with me because I 
didn't want to fall back down the trap where I was before. Like I didn't want to get sucked back in. I knew that I had a calling on my life and I knew that God had plans for me. Um, and then it was also devastating to me because my mom was supposed to be at my book signing. And so she was actually supposed to write something um, in my book. And so she wasn't able to, of course. But so all of that wrapped into one, you can imagine it's just mm. up and down. So I'm literally just getting back into the space where I am able to breathe again. And, and that's an analogy that I used. Um, just going through all of that, it was literally as if I was losing my breath. So for me, I am at that place now where I can breathe on my own again. And then so I wasn't, so then I, my friend Ann, I remember afterwards she, she called me one day and she was like, sis. And I was like, hey, Ann. She's like, so when you gonna do that book release? And I'm thinking to myself, girl, my mom just passed away. And she literally helped me walk through step by step by step. Um, so that was just amazing. So I thank you for that because I think if you had not said that to me, it, I would have kept that book on the back burner. And then promoting the book, it definitely has affected me as far as marketing because you know when you lose a parent like that is hard like your life is shattered so I literally had to go into counseling and I had to get back into counseling now so I'm like I said before at this place now where I can I can breathe and I can see on the other side of the mountain like I can see the rainbow now so I'm able to to breathe and promote at the same time Amen. 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 Well, I thank God for your victory. Amen. And then I want to pause here too to um, just give, if you don't mind, your counselor. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which counseled me as well when I took a hit, you know, um, this year. Um, So we want to give a shout out to Lena Chapman of Haven Support Center. She is right here in St. Louis, Missouri. And she is just phenomenal. Her name is Lena Chapman um, of Haven Support Center. So we want to just pause right there and give Lena a shout out. All right, y'all. So we're going to move on and ask Jessica the next question, which would be, um, uh, we talked about your emotions. We talked about the losses that you, um, you know, went through. And uh, we also t- talked about your book. Now we want to know what is your desires? Like moving on from a place of singlehood, what do you desire from God when it comes to being married? Do you still desire to be married? And also after you tell us that, what are some things that you are allowing God to do with you and through you doing this? time is what I call basic training. What are you allowing God to do through you to prepare you to be the wife and mother that he has called you, um, predestined you to be? Yes. So I do still desire to be married. That is to me, that's something that has never faded or never went away. I think sometimes um, in singlehood, when you're going not going through, but like when you're living life and you have so many things going on, whether they be good or bad, sometimes your desire to be married can kind of get pushed back a little bit because you're trying to to do other things. So yes, I do still desire to be married. Um, right now, I am I am allowing God to develop me in, in definitely areas. It's to me, it's always funny when you when you get put in different situations or tests or trials, and you're like, oh, thank God, I made you know you know I made it through that. And then another you know, and then and then something else, and God's like, oh no, I know you made it through that, but I need you to go a little bit deeper. I need you to 
do this or that. So right now I'm really working on my prayer life. Not that I don't pray, not that I don't see God or anything like that, but I am really working on my prayer life and allowing God to wake me up at whatever time he wants to and spend as much time with him as needed. So that's something that I am definitely working on. And then I'm also allowing God to work with my mind. And when I say work with my mind, um, a lot, because I because I am a planner, as I said before, which I did not discover until I went to counseling, that I plan things subconsciously in my mind. And so things don't always go the way that you want them to be planned. So I'm allowing God's plan to be fully worked out in me and not question or not second guess or not doubt it when it does not happen specifically when I want it to happen. Amen. So I like that. I like that. I can't wait to celebrate you. I can tell you that. cannot wait to celebrate you. Um, So I have a question here. I know in your book, it is uh, the first chapter, I believe you have a chapter called enemy versus the inner me. Um, I really like this chapter. I remember reading it and just knowing sometimes that everything is not the devil. You know, some things are the fact that I wasn't intentional about my deliverance, intentional about being delivered from fear. You know, it was not the enemy at all times, but some of it was the inner me. So can you tell us more about this chapter, enemy versus the inner me? Yes. So in that chapter, I talked about Adam in Eve and I related it to myself and how God spoke to Eve and told her that she can't eat of the um, that she can't eat the fruit of the tree and then so Satan came behind and kind of twisted the words just slightly to the fact where she thought that to me basically she thought that God was trying to keep her from something and so I related that to myself because sometimes we think that it's all the enemy but if she would have been in position and if she would have been footed and to me rooted and grounded in God she would not have even let the words of Satan affect her Mm. and so for me, I had to realize that it's not always Satan. Sometimes it's yourself. Sometimes I can have self-sabotaging ways where I where I talk myself out of something and then I have to go back and say, Jessica, like, get yourself together. <laughs> you know, smile, you know, speak your scripture, be confident and do what it is that God called you to do. So it's not always the enemy. It's not always your family. It's not always, you know, somebody else. Sometimes it is literally yourself that is... T- that's telling yourself that you can't do it or telling yourself that you can't make it or telling yourself, you know, whatever it is that you're struggling with, it's not always the enemy. But if you're not rooted and grounded um, to me in the foundation of God, it is easy for the enemy to creep in and speak those things to you. And then you think that it's yourself. You have to be rooted in God and be able to know that, listen, sometimes it is the enemy and sometimes it is yourself and you have to know which one is which. Hey man, the inner me versus the enemy. I like that. I thank God for that revelation. I have another question for you. Okay, with being single, what are some pros and cons about being single, especially during quarantine? Does it get tough? Does it get rough? I mean, we're we're basically isolated from the things that we once did so freely. Right. So, um, how is that being single in your in during quarantine, uh, just doing around these tough times that we are experiencing all over the world? So it what it it can't. So I would say, let me start over. The pros. 
The pros are because I am single and I always say this, I can do whatever I want when I want within reason. When I say within reason, like I don't have to check in with anybody. I don't have to make sure that my bank account isn't affecting somebody else. Like I can do, you know, whatever I want within reason. I say that within reason. The cons are that sometimes it can be a little lonely. Um, and sometimes you do want the companion besides your sister or beside your friend to talk to. Sometimes you do want to go on a date. Um, so it can get a little lonely at times, but then that's when you have to, you have to prepare yourself. Like something that somebody taught me years and years and years ago was that you have to know yourself. You have to know your thoughts, your mind, your body. So if you know that watching a certain type of movie by yourself is going to get you all hot and bothered, then you don't watch that type of movie. Or, you know, if you know that being by yourself, you know, all the time, not talking to anybody, you know, if you know that that kind of gets you a certain way, then you have to pre, you have to be proactive. And so during quarantine, I know that you can't do as much as you want to do, but there's still the phone call. You can still do Zoom calls, Google calls. Facebook has made it very easy, you know, that you can do things on there. So you just have to be proactive. And so it can get a little... I don't want to keep saying lonely, but it can be a little frustrating mm -hmm. at times. But to me, you have to be proactive. Like, for example, we have a singles group at my church. And so um, I get on the phone calls with them um, all the time, the prayer calls. And then also during the... Um, during the quarantine time, um, God actually led me to start a group called Conversations with Singles during quarantine, but now it's just Conversations with Singles. And so I allow God to use me to help other singles. Mm -hmm. So if you just tune into God, he will help you get through those hard moments or those hard times, but you have to be able to be in a position where you can hear God and then move forward because sometimes we can move in delay and then it doesn't become successful or it doesn't work out because you moved in the wrong time. So you have to be in a position where you can, where you can hear God and you can move forward. But it's also about being around people who are like-minded. And that, that's something that I think is very crucial in your singlehood, being around people that are like-minded, being around people who are going the same place that you are going or are already where you want to be so that they can pour into your life. I think that that's very crucial as well. Amen. Well, that sounds awesome. I know that for me, when I was single, I, I remember the um, enemy will always try to come and attack me um, during the early spring months. For some reason, that was the month that I failed the most. I'm just being transparent yeah. here. That was the month. So I had to, like you were saying, being proactive, I had to be intentional yes. about my deliverance. Yes. I was tired of giving in to the flesh. Yes. So I also tell a time where I went to choir rehearsal one March because that was a month that I was struggling in my flesh. I just wanted Boy. someone to come and hold me and, mm -hmm. you know, just tell me I was beautiful. Tell right. me I love you. And um, so what I did was I went to choir rehearsal one night. <laughs> I went to choir rehearsal and I was like, it was either dial this number and be back at the altar screaming and hollering and crying Sunday right. or just go to church to day and don't dial the number and so I went to choir rehearsal I sat there and I'm telling you like the spirit of the Lord just literally came and took over my body and I was able to make it another month Amen. versus that night falling Amen. so I <laughs> thank God for that so it is true about being proactive and I was very intentional and then 
years later, after dedicating my mind and my body to God, I got married in the month of March. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that's how awesome God is. Yes. That's just how he'll, he's strategic, you know, in his time and in his mm-hmm. planning, I should say. He's he very strategic. And I just thought that was amazing that years later, I would get married in the month, month of March because I gave that month of my struggles over to him. Isn't that so, amazing? Yeah, I thought that was awesome. So amazing. God is just that good. So I commend you and your singlehood. So can you tell us more about um, being celibate during these times and just doing the era where we see so many marriages taking place and mm-hmm. so many people getting married, so many people getting engaged? How is that for you with one, staying uh, in faith to know what God is going to do for you, what he called you to do? And then just how is that celebrating other people and being celibate? at the same time. So it's so funny that you say that because there was a time when I was happy for people that got married, but the underlying was like, okay, God, now when is my turn? And I felt like to me, there were seasons where I was going to wedding after wedding, or I I remember one year I was about a year and a half, I was a bridesmaid three different times back to back. And I was like, God, I'm so happy for them, but uh, when is it going to be my turn? But now I am able to fully be excited for somebody who is getting married. I I get excited. I'm like, oh, come on, sis, you just got engaged. Like, I don't even know you. Like, you know, and so I'm on Facebook or Instagram, you know, clapping it up and saying congratulations. I don't even know who you are, but I'm excited for you because that just lets me know that God is still in the business of putting marriages together. Um, So that's exciting for me. And then also, you, to me, you have to know yourself. And I cannot say that enough. You can't put yourself in situations. You can't go to people's houses if you know like that's something that you know that you really cannot get together you can't just do things that you used to do like if you used to always go on dates and you know where that led you that's something you can't do now if you know that you know going to somebody's house as my bishop says you know you're going over to study and read the bible and pray but then y'all end up in bed together and then y'all on the you know on the altar you know sunday or the prayer line you know you have to know yourself so because i know myself i know i can't be in nobody's house i know i'm listen i'm not sitting close to you listen the most we can do is say hello and bye have some conversation but i can't because i know who i am i can't do that and i don't want to i don't want to go back and not only that i don't want to break god's heart like i know how long it took me to get where i am like i just don't want to be in that position where i look up and i'm just like god how did i get here again so for me i know what my triggers are you have to know your triggers i know what my triggers are so i don't put myself in in positions where i know i can be tempted and pulled back into something where i'm going to be crying and fasting about the next (laughs) day amen amen so it's almost like you know not to put yourself in compromise that's situation. the word compromising situation because you want to grab hold to your celibacy that's right celibacy is so beautiful it's a beautiful thing it's almost like you're breaking something that your flesh once loved right. and you're dedicating it to god who who's the lover and anchor of your soul yeah i think it is so beautiful and just to um you know not put your body in jeopardy 
That's of right. these different viruses and diseases That's and an so unplanned true. pregnancy that can bring more hardship on your life. So um, I did hear someone say before that, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to struggle. I don't want to, you know, do this and do that. But they were willing to continue to give their body up. So they didn't want to struggle with not giving it up. But they were willing to put themselves in a situation that can cause them to struggle with the baby. Yes, babies are beautiful. Yes, they are blessings. They are. At the same time, there's still a plan that God has for your life. And he knows, you know, when to open your wound and release the baby. So what I said was was I rather struggle with God than struggle outside of his will Come on. and then have a, a heavy car seat with me. Come on. <laughs> you know, with the yeah, struggle, yeah. you know, of single parenting. I was a, I have the right to say that I believe I was a single parent for about 12 years and we struggled so i commend anyone that's willing to get you know give their body to god to present their body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto god which is our reasonable servant so i think um that it's a beautiful thing so i commend you for that and also when you meet your husband he gets to un- uncover you right you know because we're being covered by god so he gets to uncover you and it's like god making you new you know he's making you new all over again so I do commend you in that I wanted to talk about now you have a book um a chapter in your book called let them talk but don't you stop I really (laughs) like that (laughs) (laughs) I like that title um so if you can let us know more about that let them talk but don't you stop that's one of my favorite chapters because I struggled with a speech impediment which is stuttering and I used to stutter extremely bad to the point where sometimes people couldn't understand what I was saying or it was too hard for me to have conversations and so my mom put me in speech therapy and so in writing this book um, in writing this chapter it talks about the story of Joseph and for some who don't know Joseph um, Joseph had brothers who did not like him they were actually very envious of him to the point where they became bitter and hatred and they decided that they were going to kill the brother and then one of the brothers came along and said no so they ended up selling him and then he went to live in Potiphar's house and so this book basically talks about how Joseph was a dreamer and he talked about his dreams and his family didn't like that he talked about his dreams but if you read in the story um, a famine came and so Joseph went through many 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 different struggles but he always stayed connected with God he always believed in God and he didn't deter from God and so there was a famine that happened and it happened throughout the nation and so Joseph got promoted and so he was able to to interpret the dream for um, for Potiphar and then let them know that a famine was coming. And so he was able to come up with the plan and let them know what to do. And so anyway, one of the um, some of the brothers came from where they were and traveled to where Joseph was because their family was literally starving because they did not have enough food. And so they went to get food. And so Joseph saw them and saw that it was their brother. And so the story, the, the chapter um, is called let them talk, but don't you stop. So all of that is to say that at the end of, well, at the end of the story, 
Joseph not only saved his family, but he also saved the nation from literally starving and dying. And so when I say don't stop talking, it doesn't matter what anybody says about you. It doesn't matter if you stutter. It doesn't matter if they don't believe your prophecy. Whatever it is that you have to do that God has called you to do, say it and do it and be it because lives and literally nations are depending on you. Amen. Amen. I like that. Man, that's one of my favorite chapters. Yeah. But I love the story of Joseph. You can just, to me, I can, I can talk about that for for days. Amen. I actually lived a Joseph experience, so I do understand. And um, just some for some encouragement for the listeners and also for yourself, um, I like this chapter because it's saying, let them talk, don't you stop. That's literally how I had to live my life. Some days I wanted to stop. Some days I wanted to give in. However, now I was a person who always shared dreams, always shared my dreams wake up share my dreams and seeing so many of them come to pass well now my husband gets to hear my dreams <laughs> he gets to hear about everything I dream of some things are uh God has for me to intercede for someone personally where I can't Correct. share them with them but just the excitement of it you know I get to wake up and share it with a person that won't grow envious a person that won't grow jealous and right. person that won't throw me into the pit because right. you know some people feel like why did he give her the gifts of dreams right. you know prop prophetic dreams right and they don't know their identity That's so they is. are so they covet yours yes they either Guilty. covenant or be jealous yeah. of you know the fact that someone can dream prophetically but if they go to the creator they can find out who they are yeah their own identity they won't have and a mistake in it identity. That's right. So I really love this book. Um, I really love the fact that you wrote it in a season of your life where you were able to be obedient to God. Amen. And just one act of faith, God will send people along the way to push you. So to God be all the glory for that. And um, just talking about singlehood, I wanted to, you to let the listeners know where they can find the Conversations with Singles. You can find Conversations with Singles every fourth Tuesday of the month on Zoom, but you can find the Facebook page at Conversations with Singles that is on Facebook. Hey man, I really like that. Um, I actually was a guest on Conversation with Singles. He's and our I first had guest. A first guest. Look at that. Yes. Reaping the harvest. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I'm so truly excited about it. I do pray that people go on and find conversations with singles. And also, I wanted to talk about a saying that you had in your book. I wanted to leave the listeners with that. But first, I want you to give some encouraging words to some singles out there you are not a single parent and I don't take any credit away from you for that however you do take um, um, great responsibility for your nephew so I just want you to speak even to the lives of the single women and the single parents out there that may be struggling right through here and let them know that one decision of the flesh can cause you struggles in the future so if you can just encourage the singles to um, continue to keep going and don't stop just let them talk amen 
Amen. So one thing that I do want to say to encourage you is that God has not forgotten about you. Sometimes as singles, you can think that God has forgotten about you because you see other people's blessings, but God has not forgotten about you. That's something that God told me in the year of 2019 throughout the entire year that he had not forgotten about me. And so that was really something, those words really helped me and kept me to to be strengthened and it gave me endurance to continue and finish what God has called me to do. But something that, um, that I heard as a, when I went to a service, a minister said that sometimes what you do can mess up your timeline. So it doesn't mean that God's not going to give you whatever it is that he said that he was going to give you, but sometimes he wanted to give you that thing in a year. But now because you said yes to to your flesh and you said yes to your emotions, now it's going to take seven years. Now it may take 10 years to get what it is that God has called you to be. So my, so what I want to say to you is that although as singles, sometimes our flesh wants to rise up, but you have to love God. You cannot love your life unto death. That's something that I heard um, in a class that I went to. And sometimes we, our flesh tries to rise up and take over, but you have to murder your flesh. You listen, you got to tell your flesh, no, I'm not doing this. I really want to. I really want to call him back. I really want to call her back, but I can't do that. You know, this is something that is very, very serious and you cannot play with your life. But not only that, you have people people and nations and and ministries and you know um, entrepreneurship all these things that are called to you and you don't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time you don't want to mess up your timeline so what I say to you is be encouraged make sure that you join different godly groups stay connected to people who are going where you want to go or who are further than where you want to be so that you can stay connected and they can pour into your life but most of all keep your connection with God. Keep your intimacy and your relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that words of wisdom. I hope this has been a blessing to everyone that has um, joined in on this first episode of the second season of the And I Am podcast. Um, Before you go, Jessica, I want you to let people know where they can reach you. Um, How can they find your book? And also, we're going to leave with this saying that you have in the back of your book as well. Um, If you can just expound on that just for a brief second. But let the people know where they can reach you. They can reach me at www.jessicarobbins.org. That's R-O-B as in boy, I-N-S. You can also reach me on Instagram at Jess underscore Robbins and Facebook at Jess Robbins. Amen. Amen. If you can go ahead and read this encouraging quote in the back of your book before you go. Who I am should never be affected by where I am, because when I am clear on who I am, I will be who I am no matter where I am. This quote came from Pastor Jennifer Baird. Amen. Just one more time. Yes. Who I am should never be affected by where I am. Because when I am clear on who I am, I will be who I am no matter where I am. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. So we should have no more mistaking identity after this podcast. Again, Jessica, I thank you for joining us at the end. I am podcast. Thank you. I am your host. I am your coach and Billingsley. You can also reach me on every social media outlet and you can log on to my website, which is annbillingsley.net. That's A-N-N-B-I-L-L. 
l-l-i-n-g-s-l-e-y dot net blessings to you all and again remember do not have a mistaken identity because if you are being someone else then who is being you all right y'all until next time keep going and don't look back